Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Hi guys, I hope you're well. As always, before we delve into this week's content, we want to share the itinerary with you so you're familiar with exactly what we're going to be discussing on this week's episode. So we begin with an intro into our very special special guest in Henry Winter. We then discuss the future of online broadcasters and streaming uh, Premier League matches, given the fact that this week was the first time that Amazon did so. Um, we then go into the Black Friday incident with Corriere della Sport in Italy and their front cover with uh, Lukaku and um, Smalling. We then uh, pick uh, Henry's brains on uh, Euro, the Euro 2020 and England's chances uh, at the tournament, as well as Raheem Sterling's influence on uh, British media. Uh, we then ask Henry to... Uh, give a, a brief analysis of three different Premier League teams in three minutes before wrapping things up with listeners' questions. Stay tuned. If you like our show, you'll also like the podcast Football Today. Um, so their show is very different to any other football podcast out there at the moment uh, because every single episode breaks down one recent news story from a different angle. Um, and they've had some very special guests like Carl Anker, Gabe Marcotti and a few more. Um, recently, they've done some episodes about how the protests in Chile are affecting football, and they've also um, been deconstructing the civil war at Napoli. Um, but what makes it really cool is the fact that they add news clips and music uh, to bring every story to life. Um, each episode is about 20 minutes or so, um, and so it's perfect for like a short commute or for a, a long walk. So check them out, Football Today, wherever you're listening to this podcast and subscribe now. Hello listeners and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Beautiful Game podcast. As always, I'm your host Budge and I'm joined by my faithful two co-conspirators Dot and Dej. Gents, how's it going? I'm very, very well, Budge. We've got a legend in, yes, the, in the room. Indeed. This is someone that I've 
been a major fan of for over a decade. Of so, course. Yeah, I'm happy you, to be here today. That's it, that's it. How about you, Dechari? Oh, I'm in a great mood. I mean, this is a big, big coup for our platform. Of course. This is someone that I've, you know, listened to his stuff on Sunday Supplement, mm. read a lot of his articles. Mm. So mm. to finally get him on the platform is, is amazing. Ab- absolutely. It's, it's funny absolutely. because, like, I told my manager at work yeah. that you know we're going to interview Henry Winter he yeah. was like you're kidding me <laughs> he was like I've been reading his work for years yeah. ask him this ask him that <laughs> <laughs> just take the whole show <laughs> <laughs> of course of course um, and so you know as, as we have uh, been uh, over the past couple of weeks we're, we're on the road again we do love a road trip we do like to play away um, and, um, and, and and we're here at the, the Times offices yeah. um, and and as the, uh, the the gents have alluded to, we are in very very good company. Uh, to be quite honest, uh, this 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 special guest doesn't really need an introduction. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't. And, and, and I mean, there isn't there isn't a Ballon d'Or for, for journalism. <laughs> I, think, I think certainly if if if, if there was that um, he 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 definitely get a, a a unanimous vote. You know, we also like a a, a boxing analogy yeah, on the platform. Yeah, we love so it. I think we we can use undisputed pound for pound, <laughs> maybe. You know, of course. Far and, and too many to, pounds. <laughs> So I mean, you know, this this gentleman is a is is a cornerstone in a, in a British sports journalism. Um, he was there at the inception of uh, the Independent in 1986. Mm-hmm. He then moved to the Daily Telegraph eight years later uh, in 1994, where he produced a daily webcast on the 2006 FIFA World Cup in Germany. Mm-hmm. He was uh, covering uh, England specifically uh, in that. Uh, after 21 years at the Daily Telegraph, he then joined the Times to become the chief football writer in uh, 2015. He's uh, won Specialist Correspondent of the Year four times and wow, uh, wow. Football Writer of the Year in 2016. So very decorated, of course. Yeah. <laughs> not, not for a while, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 2010, he was named amongst the 10 most influential sport writers uh, by Press Gazette. Um, and last year covered his eighth World Cup fi- uh, final. So wow. that is no yeah. mean feat, of course. Been on the circuit a long, long time. Of course, yeah. of course. He's, he's been around the block, I'm of old. course. Um, so without further ado, we welcome Henry Winter to the platform. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank welcome, you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Give, give me a little bit of time with my creaking knees and my old age <laughs> to get up to the platform. Because, I mean, for me, you guys are the future. You guys are the future for, for the media, for football media. So... Uh, I'm going to be picking your brains as well, I hope. <laughs> that means a lot coming yeah, from me. Yeah, it really, 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 really Yeah, but you used to play the game, didn't you? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, are, you, are the, you used to play with Will Sahar, so yeah. you know far more about football than I do. <laughs> Right. Was it was he good then? Could you tell then that he was going to be a player? Um, to be honest, the thing with Will, obviously, physically, he wasn't as strong mm. as he is now. But I think he's developed mentally as well now. You can see that he believes that he's a top-level footballer. Mm -hmm. Maybe back then it was a bit lacking... You could probably get into his head a bit more, yeah. but like he's done terrifically well to you know provide for his family and you know make a successful career. And I'm hard work, hard work. Whatever career you're in, you know it's like um, Ronaldo. I mean the work that he puts in to keep on reinventing himself. You just look at I me. Mean, people say you know shortcuts. You know you're lucky to get to the top. Not me, but people in sport. Mm. And 
<laughs> There's no luck in sport. People at the top are the ones who work the hardest, yeah. like Zaha, like Ronaldo, yeah, he's like Messi. Graft. He's yeah. putting yeah, the graft. And I'm hoping, yeah. you know, maybe Chelsea can come in for him because I think now he deserves his big yeah. move. Well, yeah. the transfer. I mean, we're you know we're here in the Times offices and we're just seeing the, the, the transfer uh, ban is being dropped, yeah. being lifted. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Roman's rubles will be uh, <laughs> fluttering down over South London. Definitely. It's going to be interesting to yeah. see what they do in January. So, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I hope they, you know, you look at that academy there. It's absolutely brilliant. And they've got this thing at Chelsea. You go down to Cobham and you've got the academy and they sort of young players one side of the road. And they've always got this thing, you know, can they cross the road into the main first team area? I think now they've got... They've got Frank Lampard in there. They've got Jody Morris in there. They know the quality of the youth. They've given a young coach and a young manager a chance. Let's hope they keep backing the young players and mm-hmm. they don't go out and buy 28-year-old Portuguese centre-halves mm-hmm. or 28-year-old mm-hmm. English centre-halves, mm-hmm. whoever. I love the fact that Tamora is getting a chance, that um, James is getting a chance, that obviously what Tammy Abraham, yeah. you know, Mason yeah. Mount. Mm. You know, they've got so many good players there. Just get Hudson Adore. Hudson, yeah. what talent he is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. he could have gone to Bayern Munich for probably quite a sort of, you know, a fair sum of money. Give him a chance. So anyway, look, that's that that's Chelsea. But that's the the great thing about football media is mm-hmm. that every few seconds there's another breaking story yeah, definitely yeah. that's why you guys are so busy yeah. <laughs> and you know what particularly this week it just feels like there's something new every single day mm-hmm. you know crazy this, this manager's week. getting sacked yeah. or you know this uh, you know there's this breaking news here and yeah. it, here there and everywhere the only so consistent it's... thing is is that your team Arsenal still can't defend <laughs> <laughs> some things don't change too right too right of course <laughs> now we've, we've got a, a jam-packed uh, itinerary um, and we, we want to cover quite a few different bits you know like we said there is a lot that's been going on recently mm. um, that we want to pick your brains on um, but what we tend to like to do is um, you know when we have sort of journalists like yourself um, we always like to understand sort of the backstory so you know we've spoken a bit about you know, where, you know the, the different places that you've worked and all of the, uh, the, the awards and accolades that you've received what we want to um, sort of find out from you uh, Henry is just you know where it all began um, so if you could take us back to the very very beginning uh, you know the, the, the beginning of your career have you have you always had uh, an interest in, in journalism have you always liked reading and writing the have job you... I've got now mm-hmm. in this building now not, not this building obviously they had a few um, new buildings since then because I'm quite old uh, <laughs> was, I've, I've got the job I wanted when I was 14 the wow. same job wow. same title because there was a journalist growing up who who basically just wandered around the world going to matches and I thought oh, that'd be brilliant the travel the different mm. countries the different cultures I'm quite curious about different places mm. and when I do go off to sort of World Cups I always get up really early in the, early in the morning and go for a run or go for a walk try and mm. get lost go and explore places and so we are so lucky to do this job I mean mm. you know you, you guys are sort of starting out you're travelling around you're meeting new people I would hate the idea of getting up in the morning and know how the day was going to develop so I mean mm. you make the point about this week I mean we could walk out of here in 20 minutes time and find mm. another manager's gone mm-hmm, yeah. you know or I mean look Brendan Rodgers has just signed a new contract as well yeah. so that sort yeah. of shifts the dynamic at, at, at Arsenal so yeah I, I just love the unpredictability about it and the thought of just going to football matches I love I mean I played football as a kid not particularly decent so standard. what level what level was I, I played non-league at university okay, and I was okay. I was very fortunate at university because they because I said listen this is what I want to do when I come out of here the day after my last exam I want to go down to Fleet Street and badger my way and get into there and be a football journalist I know which is the first door I'm going to knock on I didn't have any connections mm-hmm. and I mean so your, your, your generation is I mean all the technology we're surrounded with is absolutely brilliant because 
you've got social media now you can put things up instantly but also you can contact mm-hmm. um, journalists and and just sort of talk to them and I mean I try to have so I mean today is Friday I mean I've had today I've had four five um, young journalists will have come into the building and I've just gone through their blogs so I just show them around show them the view but also mm-hmm. just say listen you are the future let me have a look at you you know how in a practical way can I can can, can I help um, because one or two journalists did that to me when I was starting okay. out you know as 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 they should do so uh, so look I've been. I've been lucky in terms of, you know, I don't believe in luck, but the, the luck has been the explosion of interest in, in football over the last mm. sort of 30 years. Look, this country has always been obsessed with, with football. I mean, you know, within 30 seconds of climbing in the lift with you guys downstairs, I was asking who your teams were. If I'm in a taxi or I'm chatting to someone sort of wherever at a party, you know if you're talking with English people within 15 seconds, there will be that. So, geez, yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so because we're... Are, we are obsessed with it it's in our history I mean mm-hmm. I was fortunate to go to a school which was involved in the sort of founding and the shaping and the codification of the game so I was very aware from a very young age the importance of football the importance of it in my life even though I've got no family connection or anyone in my family is interested in football so oh, wow. that sort of obsession so I just thought well I'm so obsessed with it I love writing I love traveling let's see if I can blag it and I've blagged it for 30 <laughs> years so far <laughs> So, so growing up, which players did you look at and think, wow, he's incredible? Or who is your reference point? Uh, Malcolm McDonald. Okay. I love watching him play when he came down to London. I mean, I was, I was fortunate. I mean, I went to quite a few clubs just to sort of watch different football. I mean, mainly I was playing. I played, I played four times a week. Um, what position did you play? I was a very, very, very slow, very unskillful <laughs> centre back. back. Yeah, you can tell. How did you know? You can tell by the frame. Yeah. And it was the one thing I realised is try and become captain. So I became captain of the press team. Um, so I knew I'd get a game because we've got right. we've got quite a sort of good few players. I haven't. Um, they kicked me out as captain a few years ago. I, I lost the dressing room. Although, as they, <laughs> as they very kindly pointed out, I never had the dressing room. <laughs> But we used to have all these games and I thought, we're playing some quite serious. I mean, we go to Poland and when England were playing out there and they would they would produce, they'd have about sort of two, three hundred caps mm. to play against the media team. We could absolutely thrash. And we'd walk out, we'd sing the national anthem and there'd be 15,000 people in the stadium. And I'm going, oh my God, this is, you know, this is a prestige. Yeah, yeah. We played the Welsh once. This was about 10, 12 years ago when the cup final was down at uh, Cardiff and we used to play to raise money for a local hospice. And I remember walking out of the, the dressing room, the away dressing room at Ninian Park. And the first one out of the, the Welsh dressing room was Mark Hughes, then Ian Rush, then Neville Southall, then Stuart Cable, who was the, the, the drummer for the Stereophonics, who sadly <laughs> passed away. Then Joe Calzaghi. Oh, the boxer. Uh, yeah, oh, wow. the boxer. boxer yeah. And I said yeah. to my centre half, I said, you take him. <laughs> you, 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 you mark him. And so, you, you know, you realise, look, so it's, look, it's just a privilege to, to, to sort of go and play, even at my sort of lowly level these games but it's just mm. the, the the travel you know going to world cups going to european championships going to the ch- champions league games um going to games all over the country it's just for me everything revolves around the 90 minutes it's mm-hmm. about the football it's you know it's about you and so sort of wolf sahar you know the sort of, you know the the, the the dreams you had as kids the, the you know the, the skills you had mm. that is what it's all about so in terms of the players i enjoyed i always had a soft spot for for bobby moore mm. Partly because little thing, I just thought, I just love that idea of the sort of, you know, the, the dignity, 
in that moment of going up to collecting the World Cup from the Queen and just wiping his hands because he saw the clean the Queen's gleaming white gloves and mm. just that the poise and the grace that he mm. had and he would sort of he, he just wipe the sort of the, the, the sweat off his hands not that Bobby Moore really ever sweated if you saw him play he was just a fantastic player I guess sort of Gary Lineker I was I think one of the first England games I saw was in the the away end at. Uh, at Hamden Park, keeping very quiet with some Scottish mates when he came on for his debut in 84. Um, 1-1, Woodcock uh, scored. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just Brian Robson, all those. I mean, just mm. some, some fantastic players. I mean, you know, there was some... When I was sort of growing up in the 70s, sort of becoming very aware of football, the quality of English talent around then, you know, players like Alan Hudson, so, you know, Rodney Marsh, great entertainers. And yet, it, the England national team didn't qualify for two World Cups, so mm. it was it was a strange dynamic then. But yeah, I mean, every generation has its own heroes. But I would say, I think the only football I've ever met, um, or former football I've ever met, who I've actually caught my breath talking to, would be Malcolm McDonald bumping into the press room at Newcastle United. That he's the only one I've thought mid conversation. My God, I'm talking to Malcolm McDonald. Wow. You know, yeah. even even with I've been privileged to meet a lot of players, but Malcolm McDonald, I just think because my age, just the way he played, scoring five goals in a game for England, just swashbuckling striker. He was just it looked like it's stepped from a sort of you know a, a, a boy's own comic mm. strip. So <laughs> you probably can't remember Malcolm <laughs> McDonald. <laughs> yeah, what I find quite interesting is the fact that you knew what you wanted to do at such a young yeah, age. A lot of people don't find that. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, now it's you know you you have people that you know even after university they're still not entirely sure about what they mm. want to do. So what, what I find interesting, mm. interrupt you. What I find interesting with your generation, mm. I talk to a lot of people at uh, journalism schools. They say, well, I think I'll be a football writer for ten years and then I'll go do something else. And I'm going. Oh, I, I'm not sure careers really work like that. Mm. But it, but your your generation, you seem to be sort of a little bit more itinerant. You'll do something for a period. Mm. Yeah. Whereas maybe because I'm so slightly old school, I thought, right, this is a career I'm going to do for 40, 45 years. Okay. And, and in fact, I mean, sadly, but or seriously, um, you know, a lot of journalists do actually just carry on working until the day before they pass away. They That's true because mm. even like, you know, us as, as young people, obviously we all wanted to be footballers. Mm. Um, that doesn't quite work out. <laughs> then we go to college, we go to uni and then we get a degree and we're like, oh, I don't actually want to do mm. this degree. Mm. So I've studied for this for four or three years mm. and I don't even want to do it. Then you go into something else then you go into something else and then you finally find your passion. Yeah. And that's basically what's happened with us. us yeah. three. And I think the yeah. world's changing as well. I think this modern generation, they're keen to explore. Yeah. Okay, let me try this. If I don't like that, I'll move on to the next mm. one. Mm. And I think we're starting to see that replicate itself yeah. in football as well with management because managers, you know, they'll be at a club for two years, get yeah. sacked yeah. and move on. So mm. we're not going to have another, you know, Wenger, Ferguson. Yeah. Those times are gone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's very true. But I, I do think sort of not lecturing your generation, but you do need a balance. I do think that, you know, longevity shouldn't be dismissed. I think just that to be able to do that year after year, like the greats are not those who've just done it for a year. It's those, I mean, yeah. if I look at my profession, the journalists are my most, so people like Paul Hayward, who's done it year after year, Martin Samuel, who's done yeah. it year after year, the high quality week after week. Mm. I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it is exceptional. Um, I think anyone can have a, a great month, but to it's have, true. A, to have yeah. a great year, a great decade, a great career is just, you know, it's just stuff yeah, of legacy. Yeah, yeah. 
and what's that saying? You, I think, is it you've got to have 10,000 hours in a particular field or yeah. area before you become a master at whatever it is that you're doing. So obviously that, that, that you know, bodes well with the point about longevity, right? But, but, but also, moving on from that, I think that the people, again, who are my most feel they have they've never completed those 10,000 hours mm. they're still learning mm. I mean I wrote a piece early in the week and I got not a fact wrong but I got the tone of a, of a couple of paragraphs wrong and I thought I have been doing this for 33 years now mm. and I'm still making mistakes like that mm-hmm. now some people might not have picked up on it but I looked at I always have an auditing thing in my mind at sort of six o'clock on a Friday and I think what have I done right this week mm-hmm. and actually and the things that I've done wrong I mean, for a footballer, it must be like the defeats stay with you. Like Ferguson mm, yeah. would always talk about, I think it was a Borussia Dortmund game um, <clears throat> in 97, which sort of always stayed with him. And I think that is important, the mistakes. You know, I mean, that, that <coughs> there, are, there are sections of motorways in this country where I'll drive along and remember getting a call from the office about something I got wrong. And it's a little chill goes through me. So, yeah, absolute mistakes mm. drive you on. Right. <coughs> Okay, cool. So we're, we're, we're going to move on now. Um, and, and sort of the first topic that we wanted to discuss um, was uh, a first uh, this week, obviously, with uh, Amazon Prime yeah. uh, uh, showing uh, some, so the, the, this, this week's round of uh, Premier League fixtures. Now, just to uh, sort of provide some context here. So Amazon uh, gained the rights to the Premier League uh, in June of 2018. Uh, they agreed a deal worth 90 million, um, which allows them to show 20 matches a season. So obviously that started this week with the games from the 3rd to the 5th. Uh, and they'll also be covering the games on Boxing Day on the 27th. Um, of course, as you would expect, um, this was um, met with some uh, displeasure and disdain. Um, and it was mainly due to the fact that the kickoff times were a bit different yeah, to what people are, and, usually, mm-hmm. uh, what are, uh, are usually used to. Um, Palace fans, for example, um, were complaining that it was harder to get to the game uh, because the early kickoff at, at 7.30. And then there was another game that kicked off at 8.15, um, which made it difficult uh, for some uh, uh, sort of uh, commuters to get home on public transport after the games. Um, but I guess... You know, in, in as much as there were sort of negative points and, 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 and complaints raised uh, about it, um, you know, equally so, there were loads of people giving positive feedback. Um, you know, there were certain features about the streaming mm-hmm. that re- people really, really appreciated. Yeah. The fact that you I could listen to the commentary mm-hmm. versus like uh, the atmosphere of the stadium and all of those sort of little uh, nice uh, t- uh, touches. Um, and I guess sort of the, the, the main talking point for, for, for this one is just, you know, does this... Does this feel and do, and do you think that this will be a mainstay? Is this a direction that, th- uh, you know, things are going in in terms of online streaming? Will we see, um, you know, uh, Amazon, you know, having rights to more matches to, to, to show uh, in the future? And, and, and what does that mean for, for fans? Because I remember, I think there was uh, one fan that held up a, um, uh, a banner. I think it might have been at the Palace game. And it said, uh, kickoff sold to the highest bidder. Amazon profits fans suffer. So, so what does it mean for, for fans in the future? You know, because, you know, people are paying subscriptions for uh, Sky and, mm. and BT. And, and, and so it's, it's, it's all, you know, uh, adding up and, and becoming quite expensive. Um, there are many elements. I mean, my first thought is, what is it going to mean to the 72 EFL clubs in terms of uh, kids maybe rather than going to mm. their local club? 
um, in the championship, League One, League Two, will say, "Oh no, the uh, you know there's there's a match on television." The cost, I think, is just crazy. The the point you make about three subscriptions, mm -hmm. I think, is just taking the Mickey now. I think it should all be rolled into one. Mm -hmm. But the Premier League is paid for by these extraordinary billions of pounds that come in from. The uh, you know f f from the broadcast market and they needed Amazon or Netflix to come in just to sort of challenge um, mm. BT and um, and Sky. So it, you know it's 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 difficult. I mean, you say to a fan, you know, without paying two hundred thousand pounds a week, Spurs aren't going to keep Harry Kane, and that's part of the sort of broadcast deal. Mm. I, I do have an issue. I do have an issue um, from the television perspective about atmosphere. And I think one of the reasons why television does like paying for English football is because of the atmosphere. And I think the atmosphere has definitely been affected in, in, in recent years. And that's why I think that they're getting so much money in from uh, television now that ticket prices have to be looked at, particularly mm -hmm. the travelling fans. Yeah. You know, the Premier League got very excited and said, we're, we've got... Um, we're, we're doing it for 30 now but I agree with the, the Football Sports Association I think the 20 is plenty mm -hmm. I think because then that you get more away fans and remember you know they're the ones who are being affected by the kickoff times and yeah. the traffic congestion yeah, exactly. and having to get back from wherever you know I mean I'm making that same journey with them as, as them late at night but I'm going in the car I don't know how they can manage to do it on public transport so there's a whole that there is that issue so I would reduce ticket prices I think they've got to start doing that mm -hmm. I think the horse has probably bolted in terms of broadcast, um, the, the, the money coming in and whether they can actually regulate that. But I do think it is it is too much. Um, and that is why the BBC's match of the day is, is, is so important. I just wish occasionally they would put one or two games on free to air. Yeah, yeah. On, on, on terrestrial, yeah. just yeah. to give a little bit of a sort of taste to, you know, to, 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 to kids who don't have access mm -hmm. to it, who can't go into the pubs, obviously, to watch it. So, yeah, it is, it's difficult. But, you know, that money has, has underpinned, you know, the, the huge boom in, in the Premier League. I think is this the beginning of the end of the football blackout? I mean, mm. on you in the UK, you can't yeah. watch um, live games between two forty-five and five fifteen. Yeah. Um, to be fair, with the new age, we have to move with the times. But I feel that I like the coverage. I did like the coverage. I think mm -hmm. it was really interactive. It was really mm. engaging. Mm. Um, the pundits' analysis were good. Um, but I just feel, as you said, with the 72 non-league clubs, this is going to have an impact on their, you know, presence yeah. in, in football. Because but then they have to fight back. And there's something I've always said to the EFL, go on the front foot more. If, if the Premier League didn't exist and we just, as a, as a country, we only had the championship to look at. I mean, the championship's sensational. It's amazing. I yeah. mean, the stories, the drama, you could mm. argue it's even more dramatic, bonkers league, intense league with a number of matches and with the climax obviously mm, I love league. it yeah I love it it is yeah. it is fantastic I mean the football there the stories and I think they should the, the EFL should get far more on the front foot and say we've got a fantastic I hate the word product we've got a fantastic sport you know let's celebrate these three d divisions let's take mm. on the Premier League let's remind the world why you know why English football you know we've got former European Cup winners down there we've got you know got great clubs in there mm. Leeds United they're passionate following you know Leeds United are top 10 club in the Premier League in terms of support yeah let's you know they'd be down in League One they'd be down in the Championship let's celebrate them so I think you know the EFL have to have to stand up a little bit more to the Premier League challenge 
but actually by doing it by by going out and saying actually look at the quality of football get down mm. to your local club it's real football mm-hmm. I agree um, I think this was a real watershed, watershed moment mm. in terms of football to be honest this was the first time that there were no Premier League games on TV yeah um, Amazon, you know, they're dipping their toe into the Premier League games. I think they've secured 20 games over three years. And mm. to be honest, I enjoy the coverage. Mm. I mean, they've hired, you know, 43 staff, people yeah. that experience, you know, your Alan Shearer's, Thierry Henry, uh, Martinez. And I thought it was probably better than what we see on Sky and BT. I mean, mm. I think... That's, that's quite a call when you look at the, the, the quality of people. I mean, I don't think much beats Neville and Carragher going at it over mm. an issue. In terms of, mm-hmm. you know, enhancing my football understanding, when you look at that Monday night football thing that, that, yeah. that, that they yeah. do. Yeah. But look, this is, yeah. you know, this is their first night, second night. You know, I think they've, mm. uh, you know, they've done well. I actually thought it was going to be a little bit more different. I thought they I were think, trying. I thought it was. The probability and all these different sort of yeah. metrics yeah. that you don't see on the BT Sport and the Sky Sports. Remember when yeah. I was watching the Liverpool and Everton game, I enjoyed Thierry Henry's analysis of Martinez because they had worked with Divock Origi yeah, and they were explaining different yeah. things that we can't see as fans. Yeah. So being a player that, you know, has been coached by them, they provided yeah. a, you know, a massive yeah, insight. Yeah, and yeah. and he put in a, you know, devastating performance and that was probably his best performance in a few years. So, yeah. Yeah. He does love a goal. At, he um, loves a goal. Against, yeah, yeah. Against he loves a big goal. Yeah. But Amazon will be hoping that, you know, this experiment ends better than 11 sports because last year, 11 yeah. sports won a package, you know, to show some Italian and Spanish games. Sure. And by February, they lost the rights. Yeah, yeah. But, but with the Amazon, Amazon, they've got, they've got, got the financial resources as well. Mm. And they've got the subscribers, 15 million subscribers. So that will help yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But All again, right. someone was making a good point. I think it was Kawanka at The Athletic. He was saying, is this a strategy to dip into the Australian market to get them watching more Premier League and using Amazon? So it's going to be ah, interesting okay. to see how it comes. That's an interesting take. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Okay, uh, moving on now. Um, so another uh, very topical um, uh, uh, discussion that we, we, we must have is um, uh, the... I, what, what, what will I even call it? Um a very in- scandal. Yes, yes, hundred percent. So, so that this is um, the uh, uh, um, front cover of uh, Corriere uh, della Sport, um, which was uh, Black Friday. So, again, just to add some context here, ahead of the uh, the Friday evening clash between Inter and Roma, uh, Corriere della Sport did release an article with with the headline Black Friday, and had pictures of both Romelu Lukaku and Chris Smalling um, on the front page. Um, and obviously, you know, as soon as it came out, it, it received backlash um, online and uh, via social media. Just at how insensitive um, it was, and and the fact that you know they they seem so um, uh, sort of nonchalant about about mm-hmm. the whole um, about the whole uh, issue. Um, and, and, and sort of fair play to, to AS Roma because um, they, they, they're very vocal on, on their social media platforms, particularly mm. on Twitter uh, with sort of racial incidents and whatnot. And, and, and you know, they're always sort of uh, speaking about how, how, how against um, uh, racism within the game they are. Um, and so there was a United from both from them and AC Milan, interestingly, um, uh, uh, who basically released a joint statement informing us that they've decided to ban um, the publication from their training facilities and basically stop their players from carrying out any media activities yeah. mm-hmm. with them until the end of the year. 
Um, what I find really peculiar, but I'm not really surprised at, is the fact that um, Corriere della Sport have released a statement on their um, uh, uh, on their website and basically have said, well, there's, there was nothing wrong with 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 what we released. Um, you know, it was it, yeah, it, it was a bit. Of, of, I think they even said it was a way of celebrating them or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. quite understand that. Yeah, but yeah. Of, of course, and and this is just one issue but we know that there have been a number of issues mm-hmm. uh within Italy in particular um and and it seems as though this is something that is going to take some time in terms of educating people because essentially it just seems as though people have not just they just don't realize what they're doing you know we we, we, we can it's look ignorance. at it's, it's, it's complete ignorance um you know we've got so many examples of balotelli um and, and the racial uh, abuse that he's faced and um romelu lukaku and, and the list goes on um but I, I guess i wanted to just pick your brains on 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 your thoughts on that did you uh, uh don uh, do you want to start with yeah, I just think it's um, embarrassing, really. Mm-hmm. But I'm not surprised. When I saw it, I was thinking it's just another incident in Italy, right? Yeah. Um, for them to come out and back their actions just shows that they're not aware of mm-hmm. of, of their behaviour. Mm-hmm. And I want to praise the two clubs for, for instantly coming out and, you know, you know pretty much you know, banning the newspaper yeah, from, yeah, from yeah. receiving any sort of media time mm-hmm. from them. As a, as a journalist, do you think the media should be banned? I believe that those sort of headlines are unacceptable because when I wake up and I see headlines like that, mm-hmm. it doesn't sit right with me sure. personally. Um, and I, I saw Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's in, um, interview um, today on, on Sky Sports News and he was saying that that's the worst headline he's seen mm. in his in his career and he's seen pretty bad ones. So for someone of, of that stature to say such a thing mm. just means how terrible it is. Mm. And It would never happen in an English newspaper, certainly not in the last 20 years. Mm. I mean, the, the alarm bells would have gone off. Yeah, and that, that's, that's the problem, like, who passes these mm. things on the desk? Surely that, that, would have, that, that, that would have been seen. I mean, that was mm. the front page. Mm. That would have been seen by at least 10 people before mm. it went, you know. So Henry, that, that's the question I wanted to pose to you, is that how do these things get sanctioned? For example, yeah. what's the standard what is the process? process? What is the standard yeah. process for a newspaper article, especially a front page? I'm sure that must have had a huge amount of scrutiny yeah. and surveillance. I mean, it's interesting. How does that get posted? You, 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 you know, you're, you're sitting in a media organisation which took serious stock after uh, Raheem Sterling's Instagram message what about 11 o'clock on the morning after the the Chelsea game where Manchester City played there and he was abused now I don't know whether there was racial abuse or but there was clear abuse and we know he's been racially abused and his argument was and he he called out the media in that Instagram message so I think you know we've we've become more switched on I think we're you know just looking at look we, 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 we can beat the Italians and you know with a stick and we can just say that headline was wrong and it was I mean I saw it and I went seriously who, who does something like that you know <laughs> so I, I was just absolutely bemused by it I was also bemused by their attempted explanation of it mm. I think they would have it had a little bit more credibility if they just said, listen, you we got it wrong, we yeah. called yeah. it wrong, we apologise. Mm. And I think, I mean, what's interesting is that one of the, uh, the sort of the, 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 the strong reaction, I mean, I thought Smalling's Instagram message was, was very poignant, was very good, short to the point. I think the same with uh, Lukaku's. 
Um, but actually, it was part of it was driven by an English journalist who works at AS Roma, who was who worked okay. in Liverpool, Paul Rogers, who's their sort of director of communications. And he was involved a few days before with this collective, all the Serie A clubs, I'm the irony, week of weeks, um, <laughs> of actually sort of condemning uh, racism and say, listen, we've got, we've really got to clamp down on it after sort of some of the issues. Obviously, Lukaku's had it. Um, so... I think the, the if there can be one encouraging thing is being the backlash. I think yeah. everyone said yeah. this yeah. is completely yeah. unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm slightly concerned from an English perspective about being too pious about uh, media in other country about other countries' problems because we've got problems over here. We've got problems in the media. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Raheem Sterling called us out and he, and he was right. Um, I remember, sorry, Henry. I remember when he um, tweeted you tweeted after that you said this is the wake-up call i remember yeah. december 2018 you said it's a wake-up call what did you mean by that um i, th I think in fairness the media has been slowly waking up and i think it's a slightly more um it still needs to reflect the game more it needs to reflect society more I and mean, i think if you walk around here at the times you know do you if you go into sport um women um it's a far it's a more diverse place but it's but it's still got to change mm -hmm. i mean you know we're having these debates now and i wrote a, a book with about 25 years ago with john barnes with some of the things that he was going through and i think well actually you know we're moving towards the 21st century things will change but clearly things haven't changed you saw the game at harringate what happened there mm -hmm. you saw the abuse overseas that uh, the english players got you saw look whether it's brexit whether it's societal issues whether it's everyone's got a platform on social media now which you can just sort of well people feel they can say anything they like mm -hmm. but the abuse that black players go on that's why i've never blocked anyone on social media because i'm a you know a middle-aged white guy i don't get much abuse but the abuse that black players mm -hmm. are still getting paul pogba marcus rashford uh earlier this season tammy mm -hmm. Avery, but, but i was talking about those two particularly Manchester mm -hmm. united for missing a penalty for just making one mistake on a football pitch mm -hmm. and the racist abuse they got it's absolutely disgusting it's unacceptable so absolutely look i'm all for calling Correa out i think it was just i could not believe it when i saw it um and but look we've got problems over here you know mm -hmm. we need to have a more diverse media we need to have um but but it's not simply the media you look at the football association you look at uefa you look at fifa when england when tyrone mings um had monkey chance against him in mm. in, in in sofia uh and the bulgarian racists were quite rightly called to account what was the punishment they got you know it was an irrelevant fine you, you know it's you, poultry. You, you don't you don't poultry you don't fight bigotry with hashtags uh, you know mm. you've got to be stronger on it and that is because if you look at the people who are making the decisions, they don't reflect the dressing room. They mm -hmm. don't reflect society. Mm -hmm. So I am still slightly wary of, look, the media's got problems, but it's, it's an issue in football with UEFA, with FIFA, with the FA. The, the corridors of power have got to open up just as the corridors of the media have got to open up more. I, I do think, you know, I'm not simply just defending my profession. I do think, and particularly helped by Raheem Sterling's Instagram message, that we are becoming we are so slightly reflecting better the sport that we that we cover but it's but it's it is going to take time mm, i mean ivan zazzaroni i think he's the paper's director he came out and said that the headline has been made poisonous by those people that have poison in them mm, i mean it's it's, it's odd it's an oddball comment and mm. when that's the director of your newspaper 
you know, coming out saying that we're not racist, yeah. we're the most liberal newspaper. I mean, it's farcical. Mm. It's 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 crazy and it's unbelievably naive of, of him not to have realised how damaging the reaction is gonna be. I mean, on an editorial level, on a commercial basis, I'm sure one or two of their sponsors, people placing ads there will think, do we want to be associated mm -hmm. with a toxic publication? So, so on simple, practical, cynical levels, it's a, it's a PR disaster. On an emotional, egalitarian level, it's hugely damaging because they will have that associated with them. Look, it's, it's absolutely a, an, an affront. It's an affront to everyone. And that's why like initiatives like Leon Mans and Beacons yeah. and the Football Blacklist where we met you. You ambushed me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was gonna have a quiet evening. <laughs> we spotted you from a mile away. We said came, we've got to approach you. Henry Winter. And I thought they'll see David Ornstein. Yeah, they'll grab him with their big net. <laughs> and unfortunately, because you play for Crystal Palace, you're really quick. Yes. And you, 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 Sprightly you chased me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I turned around, I was like, Okay, Henry Winton said, Henry Winton said, let's, let's speak to He's him. slow, we'll so get him. Then I spotted David Ornstein. Yeah, so, oh, he's bigger. <laughs> I started speaking to yeah. Ornstein and Dot was on his way to yeah. Hold on, then we started speaking. But Ornie's faster than me, so you wouldn't have caught him. <laughs> but you're just just coming back to, to, to Raheem's point, and it's, you know, Darren Lewis has been very good on this. And Stan Collymore has been very good on this and listening to them in sort of meetings and then hearing them on sort of the radio and broadcasting. Little, I mean, just little things like how we use the vocabulary, Th simple things mm. like pace and power, mm. which, you know, you talk about Paul Pogba and w w two of the sort of the adjectives he used to describe him, you know, he's quick, powerful and things like that, ignoring the fact that also this is one of the most intelligent footballers in possession uh, he's obviously a, a very interesting, well-rounded individual mm -hmm. off the pitch when you hear him talk about know, politics, things like that. He's a very, very interesting character. So this slight sort of pigeonholing um, with sort of pace and power. And I, I think I was talking to sort of Darren or Stan about it. And, and he was saying, oh, yeah, we were going to have T-shirts made up, pace and power. Cause it's all, that's how mm -hmm. uh, black bears are uh, perceived um, by many in the media. And I thought that was really important because so Raheem's... Um, Instagram message. I rang up AD, he's AD Ward, he's agent, and I said, You realise Raheem's just rolled a hand grenade into the press box and, and not before time. So I think mm. it's I think the press box is is changing, not simply in reflecting the game with sort of more more sort of diversity, but also I think in our choice of language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what Raheem done, he mm. shifted it from unconscious to conscious. Yeah. And I mm. think now commentators as well, people are more careful with yeah, the words yeah. they use before they'll say monster, he's a beast. Yeah. But now they start giving, you know, ethnic players, you know, rightfully praise for their technical yeah. players as mm. well. Because mm. Yaya Toure yeah. was another he was player who yeah. was pigeonholed as this beast, uh, men against boys, stuff like that. But yeah. people started to give him his credit as yeah. a gifted and I talented footballer. I went to see him the other day, actually, in a uh, week or two ago. Uh, just up in, in Hampstead and we just sort of sat down and had a coffee and I've been chasing for about 10 years um, <laughs> to get an interview and, you know, okay. and uh, in fact because Leon's working with him Leon Mann yeah, and yeah. he was honestly it was absolutely fascinating because again th the headlines were slightly pigeonholed in mm -hmm. it was all 
birthday cake it was all yeah. you know it was yeah, money yeah, yeah. and i just sat down and, and and talked to him and just all those things got completely dispelled so and i think that's really important i think the media you know i don't want to defend the, the, the media overly but i think we've we've become far more aware of players backstories you know, okay. Artori, you know what what he went through to to reach the top and that mm. admiration respect that he deserves for fighting his way to the top mm. Uh, in, you know, to get to the top in any profession is difficult, but you know, to come from where he's done, you know, that the admiration is supreme. Raheem Sterling. So much of this comes back to Raheem Sterling. For me, one of the most important people in the country, not just in football, not just in sport, but in this country. In terms of, we are a fairly fractured society at the moment. I mean, we're we're in a room at the Times, and there's a Brexit board up there, and there's sort of battle North, battle South, battle Midlands, without giving our coverage <laughs> away too much. But we are a slightly fractured country at the moment, and I think people like Raheem Sterling. You know, he's 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 a role model to me. He's a role model to my kids. He's mm. he's a role model to so many people. Yeah, I mean, he's and it is partly because you know we've got a very emboldened, um, generation, generation mm-hmm. of young black, <coughs> excuse me, um, English footballers at the moment. And I love the way they're standing up against the media, I love the way they're standing up to the, the, the racists in Bulgaria, I love the way they're standing up to UEFA and saying you've got to do more. And we need to listen to Callum Hudson, Adore, and Raheem Sterling, and Tyrone Mings. Because these, you know, they're the, the, the future, like you guys, you're the future of, of the country. Uh, I quite like the French system where they would often take a sort of former, recently retired international and take him into, you know, into the heart of Paris, into the corridors of power and actually pick his brains and say, listen, you've come from the banlieues, the sort of difficult areas, Les Uli, like Thierry Henry came from. Mm. Basically, what it's like, is it mm. like there? Because mm-hmm. we, as sort of white politicians, have no idea. Mm. Uh, and I think we need to do that in this country. We've been really slow. I would love to see Raheem Sterling... That we we live in such a febrile political climate at the moment, but when things ever calm down, for Raheem Sterling just to go and talk to people and educate them, mm. educate us in the media. Uh, I've wanted to get him in here and talk to a few people, um, and 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 educate politicians as well because he speaks so much sense. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've gone slightly sort of off track there. Tangent. But coming. But coming back. But it all comes back to that headline, and that headline is indicative of how some people think, how a lot of people think, and that has got to be addressed. Whether it's in the media, whether it's in politics, whether it's in football, whether it's on the terraces. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Now, um, uh, Henry, you, you sort of uh, mentioned it uh, just then when you were speaking about sort of the books that you've written with. Um, uh, John Barnes and uh, and that kind of thing and I actually didn't touch on it um, when we introed you at the beginning um, that you are obviously a published author um, and and you recently uh, wrote uh, 50 Years of Hurt I think it was published in 2016 if I'm not mistaken yeah Um, so I actually uh, had a look at some of the reviews which I I, I, I quite they were pretty bad some of them weren't they (laughs) do you know what there there was one in particular that I really really appreciated um, from a fellow author in uh, in uh, Julie Cooper and she says and I quote this is an utterly fascinating moving and very dramatic book Great footballing heroes past and present leap from the pages never has the beautiful game been more beautifully written about 
I quite, I quite, I quite uh, appreciated that one in particular. That's that's lovely from Jilly Cooper, who's a sort of, you know, fabulously successful author. But the strange thing about it, the book didn't do very well. And I said to the publishers, why didn't it do very well? England are in, you know, it was on the Mm. eve of the Euros. Mm. England had terrible Euros and things, you know, Iceland, things were really bad. And the whole book was to be, was I designed it as an analysis of what was wrong with English football. And someone said, well, actually, the book would have done really well if England done really well. And I'm going, well, actually, that would have completely undermined the point of the book, which is mm-hmm. England are in a bad state. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, if, it, if England had done really well, anything associated with England would have done well. Of course, so, yeah. Anyway, I so, enjoyed writing it. Yeah, of course. And I, I think it's, it's, it's very um, sort of important that we touch on that, um, especially, you know, give, you know, you mentioned that it was around the time that, you know, England were in the Euros. And obviously, we're looking ahead to 2020 now mm. um, with, with, with the next... Uh, tournament coming up so I guess we wanted to sort of get your perspective on where England are as a team at the moment um, you know what what are our hopes um, you know are the, are the right people we're um, a good place mm. I mean it's, it's interesting you always know where things are going well when when England reporters start referring to the national team as we and I always do have to slightly check myself yeah. England are in a good place and look I mean it's I've always felt with with England that fear was such a huge issue and young players don't feel fear. Mm -hmm. The fear comes in with England, not for a Michael Owen running at Argentina's defence in 98. The fear, not not necessarily with Michael, but with with some other players, kicks in when they've had 30, 40 games Mm. um, and they're getting criticised, their family's getting criticised and and it's, it's a huge, huge pressure. But th- this is a really young team, mm-hmm. young squad. They've grown up together. Some of them have had age group success together. Mm-hmm. They are, there's a real sort of, I mean, the whole Raheem Sterling um, yeah, the whole Raheem Sterling when he had his issue, his, my mind's gone blank, who was the um, oh. what's the name we're looking for? The Liverpool <laughs> defender, the right back, the centre half, who he had. Oh, no, 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 not Trent. Trent. Oh. Um, Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez. Okay, Sorry, yeah, my mind's yeah, gone completely yeah. blank. Um, so when he had his, you know, unfortunate um, incident with 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 Joe Gomez, you know, that was that was quite rare because you didn't really get to club rivalries with mm. England under uh, under Southgate. So. Um, they they are they are a very united team. You saw that on the pitch in Sofia when they all reacted when Harry Kane said enough is enough, this is unacceptable. Um when Kieran Trippier was having a, a you know, they're a really united squad there. So I think absolutely they've they have they got a chance. But you know, again, we have to remember the French have got a fantastic team. You know, France you know, you know, we, 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 we talk about the sort of pacing they've got in attack and we've got a fantastic strike force of Kane, less great, but he's got the intelligence. And then you've got the intelligence out wide and you've got the speed and the first touch and the decisiveness of uh, Marcus Rashford and Raheem Sterling. That is a great attack. But let's not forget that the French have got Mbappe. <laughs> you know, let's not forget some of the Dutch players. You know, we saw in the Nations League how, how, they, how good mm. they were. Belgium, at some point, Belgium are going to click Finger, when you yeah. look at all the, pl- the quality just, of players yeah. they've got. Um, Portugal is one that we Portugal never mentioned, well. but they'll be in there. The they will be stages. in there because they've got a real craft to them. And Ronaldo, if it's, if it's his last tournament, you know, he'll, mm. you know, so we've we, we got to respect to that. Germany, in, yeah, yeah, Germany at yeah. Wembley, always slightly um, interesting. <laughs> so, but, you know, I've, I've seen England win penalty shootouts. 
So yeah. again, that fear has been dispelled. I think Southgate is a perfect man. I think the whole, I think having the, the games at Wembley will help, certainly the first three games. And, you know, we'll, we'll see, how they, see how they do. But look, there's a problem at centre-half. There's a problem yeah. in central yeah. midfield. Occasionally at set plays, Jordan Pickford can get caught out. But I just think England have actually got to say, let's just go for it. Let's just mm. attack. We're going to have to outscore the opposition because we are going to concede goals. But I can see, look, they'll get to the semi-finals. So what do you think England's best centre-back pairing is at the moment? Because John Stones, he's not really getting a look in. Pep doesn't fancy him. Maguire settling in at Manchester Tomori United. Tomori could come through. I Joe mean, if Gomez you're looking at... Yeah, I mean, Joe, look, Joe Gomez is a, is, is, is a terrific pairing. He's, he's, he's got that... He's got that positional awareness he's got the sort of the athleticism and the speed to get out of trouble if he needs to um, I mean England got so many right backs you know Juan Basaka I think he's terrific obviously Trent Alexander-Arnold will, will start <sighs> Chilwell on the left I think England are fine for fullbacks um, but who who plays alongside him I just hope that John Stones will refine his almost his love of the game it's almost like John fell out of love of the game and there was a little bit of fear came into his football because John Stone should be the perfect centre half for the mm -hmm. modern game because mm -hmm. he's got the touch he's got the athleticism he's got the height he's got so much going for him mm. I just think he's got a bit distracted for whatever reason injuries obviously played a part Harry Maguire obviously starts I think possibly the two of them but look tomorrow he may come through Gomez you should have Gomez in the squad to cover right back I think even to, to yeah. throw a curveball we don't know what um, Jose Mourinho is going to do with Eric Dyer, but he may put him mm. in centre half and if he has a strong end to the season he may put himself in contention mm. yeah. but just to go back to the England team I think this is the best chance we've had for, for years mm. usually around the tournament the fans will be jettisoning the players there will be a lot of infighting in the camp you'll start mm. hearing rumours and murmurs coming out saying that the England team is not getting a Long, but yeah. I think this is the perfect platform to build on and I think as you said earlier Callum Hudson-Odoi Raheem Sterling Jaden Sancho, Sancho. Well. Yeah. I mean Jack Grealish he has to throw his name into the hat because yeah. he's been absolutely amazing mm. but and would I you have Grealish ahead of Madison? I personally that's, would that's a debate that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> who, would, who, would debate who, who, who would you have? I would have Jack Grealish. I think he has much more of an impact in a much more limited team in Aston Villa. But the only thing that Jack or James Madison has over him, in my opinion, is free kicks. Mm. Those set-piece set situations. Mm. And that can be the difference in a game. Yeah. Last minute or a crucial point. Madison and looks ahead of him in the pecking order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. in Southgate's okay. eyes, yeah. And, a, and another thing I feel why Grealish may have the edges because I feel that he's a bit more versatile. I think you can play him in that centre mid role and you could also play him in the left wing but I yeah. think Gareth Southgate sees him as a left winger but I think he adds a dynamic that the England team doesn't have and he's also got that pace to just beat a man and I think it was against Man City I think he just ran past mm. Benjamin Mendy and I was like oh my god yeah. I didn't know you were that fast yeah. so he's a terrific talent and yeah. another thing with but the England, good thing is sorry just interrupting the good thing <laughs> is England got the options now yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. Which, is, which is great you know you think if, if that first choice front three of Rashford Kane and Sterling isn't firing you've got Hudson-Odoi Jadon Sancho and Tammy Abraham to bring on 
you know, you can just yes. change it like that. I yeah. mean, that's a, that's a, that's fantastic. Mm. We also England know they're going to play four three three. It's I think it's a si- system we saw mm. in Seville onwards. That's a system that suits them really well. I think England are in a better place now than they were going into the World Cup. I mean, most you, people agree with that. You know what's interesting? It's like having a box of celebrations, and you're like, what chocolate do I pick? I got Mars. You've got to sort your diet out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but also, well. You haven't got to Christmas yet. You got the chocolates out. <laughs> I think about England, I think there's been a good holistic approach as well. Like I was speaking or we were speaking to um, England under 21 coach Michael Johnson mm. former coach of yeah. Guyana yeah. and he was saying if you see Foden if you see Callum Hudson-Odoi in yeah. training these boys there's a real succession plan for yeah. when you know the Harry Canes and Cole get old there's a bit of a you know an underbelly yeah. but Harry mm-hmm. Kane's still young I mean Harry Kane yeah. is what 26 yeah. 25 26 so yeah he's got a few more mm. and I think you know. now England have an identity yeah. that you can attach yourself to whereas yeah. before there was no identity yeah. well Southgate, 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 huge credit for that. Mm. Absolutely. So we're obviously speaking about uh, the England team and, you know, a few uh, sort of players and positions that, you know, we, we, you know, we think should sort of start and, and, uh, and play. And, and I think that's a perfect segue into the next uh, segment because we're obviously coming to the end of the year, but we're also coming to the end of the decade. Um, and, and at this time, what we wanted to do was um, find out from you, Henry, you know, looking back at the last sort of 10 years, what would you say is your Premier League team of the decade? Front to back, back to front, what position, what uh, formation would you play and, and who would be in that team? Wow, I have not thought about this. Um, who are the candidates for... Goalkeeper. De Gea. Check. De Gea. Mm. Check. Um, yeah, I think you could put Check in there. I'll probably have De Gea. De Gea. De, De Gea has been just brilliant. Mm. I would definitely have him. Um, left back. Does Ashley Cole? Has he had enough? No, not no. enough time. I would say Robertson, Clichy. You can chuck in as Pilicueta there. Can you put Ever in there? Is Ever? Was he? Was he? No. no. I think it was towards the end. The last yeah. Okay, fine. Um, Pilicueta at left back. I mean, Robertson's been fantastic for the last three seasons, hasn't he? Two and a half, three seasons. Uh, yeah. I think right I can't back. even remember what happened yesterday, let alone what happened <laughs> for the last decade. Right um, back, you've got Zabaleta. 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 Yeah, Zabaleta. It'd have their company, obviously, at centre-half. I know uh, John Terry put on Instagram, you know, he sort of questioned why he wasn't in there. I would... I would. John Terry probably what had the first half of the decade, did he? <sighs> I think John yeah I think John Terry probably had quite a claim for that um, you've got a lot of players who would sort of cross over I mean mm. to Rio Ferdinand obviously Vidic. was mm. Vidic was but then I saw Vidic get you know taken to the cleaners by Torres <laughs> you know so <clears throat> but, Vidic, but, but Vidic is a fantastic centre half I mean who were the other contenders Van Dijk Van Dijk yeah well, I just voted for him in the Van on door and upset Half of Argentina, so um, <laughs> yeah, I go. Terry, I mean Terry's a Terry was a fantastic, fantastic mm. centre half, better technically than people gave him credit for. Van Dyke's been fantastic for sort of two, three years. It's a tricky one. I don't know the exact stats about how long mm. John Terry paid for, but I would. I mean Terry was brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so that's, 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 that's yeah, no. so we're going to midfield now. Gone. Who, 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 am, who are my contenders? 
people well, talking about Kante, Torre, Silva, Torre. You see, Yaya Torre. Yaya Torre. I went to see him. I just, I, I sort of. I googled him and just sort of said, "Look, these are all the things you've done." And it was a—it took up quite a long time listing all his achievements. And I said, "Do you think you'll properly appreciate?" And he said, "Well, no, not really, because people think of birthday cakes and whatever." But what a, <laughs> you know, but what a—you know—he's scoring in big games, yeah. big cup finals. Oh, yeah. What a footballer he was, driving forward from the deep. So I think you'd have to have Yaya Toure in there. Um, what about Kante as well? Winning that title with Leicester, yeah, going Kante. to Chelsea, and winning I love it Kante. again. I like, yeah, I'd just say we'd have Kante in there. Oh. G- Gerard would have gone by then. Mm-hmm. Gerard. Yeah, Carrick. Come on, I wrote a book with Carrick, and even though I would, I mean, look, fantastic footballer. I mean, I think he had his best career, best season, was it 2009? Sort of, oh, no, sorry, 2011, 12. Actually, start of the... Okay. Yeah, but but no, no, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Yaya I'm gonna have Yaya and Kante in there. So okay. uh, um, are we playing with a number ten? Or are we having three centre midfielders? Because surely I'm gonna have to throw the curveball of David Silva into the hat. David Silva has yeah. to be in there. David Silva has just been 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 absolutely sensational. You've got to have Aguero in there. Oh yeah. Suarez. You've got a left winger and you've got a right winger unless you're playing a traditional four four two. You should have seen some of the press teams I picked. It was uh, it was whoever reported for duty. Um, you've got to have Aguero in there. Yeah, Who does? Yeah. Probably Kane. I think you possibly have to have Harry Kane Ooh. in there. No, Kane over Suarez. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. I mean, Suarez was a yeah. Suarez was a, just a remarkable player. Uh, yeah, and he was a fantastic player. But yeah, that's a tricky because of the longevity, maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. right. how many years was Suarez? How many years was he at? Four, but two really stand out. He was, he was, he was fantastic. Look, that's a, that's, that is a tricky one. I'll, I'll go with Kane on that. Definitely Aguero. And I got one, I got one more. Uh, surely Eden Hazard has mm, to be yeah. there. I'd have Hazard in there. You know, you know, it's funny talking to Eden Hazard. He doesn't seem to have this huge sort of hunger and drive mm. that you know mm. you associate with someone like a sort of Suarez or a Gerrard or even Harry Kane. Um, and yeah, he just plays beautifully. Mm, uh, and what I love about him is he's, he's, well. he actually looks like he's enjoying himself and I think too much of the enjoyment has gone out of football and that's why I love seeing players who play with a smile mm. on the face um, but do you so, think that's hampered him in terms of when he's going he's to Real Madrid yeah. you know coming there overweight does that say a lot about him because if you think that of most so. players they'll probably go on like a two week training camp yeah. and say you know what, I'm going to get myself in tip top shape I've been waiting for this move yeah. and I want to deliver do you know it's really interesting talking to, to some of the players the amount of players who've gone off to um, sort of Dubai or wherever, or to Spain, and done sort of a pre pre season yeah, yeah. just to get themselves fit and just to get you know super, uh, you know super conditioned, which is which is good. Um, but yeah, you probably have Hazard in there because he's just such a such a beautiful player. Mm. And you know, just I do like players who smile because I do think it's so serious. And I know you know it's all high stakes and money and everything. It's We've got to remember it's still mm. just a sport. Of it's course. you know when 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 kids fall in love with the game when we fell in love with the game it wasn't because of the prospect you know for those who were good enough to become players of of making money it was because of scoring a goal just drag backs doing you know Rabona's doing all the sort of you know mm. the, the, the the skill um, that Hazard just does naturally um, such a funny guy as well I okay, mean really yeah. just a genuinely very funny mm. guy Can humble yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so, so like, I would have, have, yeah, you know, yeah, I would yeah. have it look you've got Kante in there for the humility if you want that extra element but I think with Hazard you get the humour a bit of humour yeah 
Good, good bit of balance there. Yeah. yeah. Have I got 10 there? Have I got... That was 11 because of Harry Kane, Aguero right. and Hazard completely. I think most of the press teams, I actually picked 12. And then I had to sort of <laughs> drop someone just before kickoff because my maths is terrible. So. <laughs> you say N'Golo Kante is like two it's players. Like two yeah. players, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. All right. So, so we wanted to move on now. Now, funnily enough, before uh, coming here today, Henry, we were debating about how we would do this next segment, right? So essentially what we wanted to do was we've got a list of... Um, all of the Premier League teams in, in this uh, envelope here and we wanted you to pick out one at random and talk about each of these clubs well not all all 20 of course but um, maybe four yeah. and speak about each of them for, for, for three minutes um, how many clubs? so, that, so, so, 20, so, so there's 20 but you, you three? pick out yeah, three. Three. Pick so out three. three okay. so, so the, the, the debate came in whether we should go with that approach mm. Or if we should um, specify the teams, given the fact that there's been a lot of movement um, okay. on them recently. So, for example, you've got uh, Leicester with the news of um, yeah, uh, Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers signing his new deal. Everton, Marco Silva getting the sack. And there was one other one. Arsenal. I think it was Arsenal. Mm. Yeah. Um, so we're going to leave the decision up to you. Would you like to go with those three clubs or do you want to pick them? No, I quite random? like the lucky dip. Uh, lucky okay. dip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's Can we do just it. Pull- so, um, so yeah. So Henry, you're going to pick out a, a name out of the lucky dip, and then you've got 60 seconds. We've got Dej on the timer. Yep. Um, you've got Finger 60 seconds pulse. to say whatever comes to mind about that <clears> club, <throat> and we're going to have three clubs, right? We're going to yeah, going to pick three out of the, the lucky dip. So, the first one you've picked out is. Crystal Palace. Okay, your time starts now. Our manager's going to love this. Crystal Palace. Just, I love watching this team. Villepage, it's in midfield, the way he runs the game, his Mm. penalties. But really, the joy to watch is Wilf Sahar. When he gets the ball, you know, when he's, whether he's running through the middle, whether he's running down the the, the wing, with the skill that he's got, with the decisiveness that he's got, with the, the ability that he can humiliate defenders for me the game comes down to one on one and one individual against another one what intelligence and the, the technique and Wilf Sahar absolutely embodies that I know there'll be a lot of talk about uh, Chelsea and about moving in the transfer window particularly mm-hmm. with Chelsea having their transfer window uh, uh, halved I can see a big, big club coming mm. for him. But, you know, you look at Crystal Palace at the moment. Well, they got Watford this weekend, so they'll probably win that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they're seventh in the table. They're all responding to Roy mm. Hodgson. They've got a good, good owner. I mean, everything's right about the club. I love going there. It's got an old school feel. And good stop. pitch. Oh. <laughs> all right. right. Next one. Next one. Great. If these all got Crystal Palace on them, <laughs> I, I know you'd have done them, maybe. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace legends. It's funny, like, Wilfred Saha is the only player that when he scores against Liverpool, Dej doesn't mind. (laughs) (laughs) When he scored that equaliser, I knew we were going to win, so it's good to kickstart your season. Right, we've got a timer set every set now, yeah? Yeah. Okay, Um, so who who have we got now? Newcastle United. Newcastle United, your time starts now. My best, my favourite walk in football is from the train station up to St James's Park. Walking through the little ginnels, just seeing all the fans in the uh, in 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 the bars, maybe watching the sort of the earlier match if it's a if it's a late Sunday game. And walking up to the grounds, nodding to Sir Bobby Robson, the statue here, the sort of the, you know the, the the great man. 
It is, a, it is a ground that dominates the skyline, just as conversation about Newcastle United dominates the talk, dominates the nightlife, dominates the working day of Newcastle. You go in there and the music gets you going before the start, and then you hear the sounds of protests against Mike Ashley. And you just think, <laughs> you just think if they had an owner who really cared... Who, in, who invested a little bit more emotionally and financially, this mm. would be one of the most special grounds in the world because the fans there, they are just unbelievable. Their support is just is phenomenal. And then you look at some of the football that they play. I mean, Miguel Almiron, I mean, he got an assist the other day and you could uh, just see how much it meant to me. Oh, I can't believe <laughs> the only player up, I to Miguel Almiron. <laughs> Great stuff, oh, right? Oh, dear. Right. Third oh, and final one now. Third and final. Hopefully this is a juicy one at Everton Arsenal. Who <laughs> is it? West Ham. West Ham. Oh. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's let's reset the timer again. West Ham. Henry, your time starts now. Uh, look, West Ham were a fantastic club. I used to love going there as a as a kid and and watching play. Although I wasn't a West Ham fan, I just feel sad now. Just seeing those fantastic West Ham fans in a stadium like that, which is an mm. athletic stadium, which has had a couple of football goals put in it. You too, as a fan, a journalist, you're too far from the pitch. Mm. But then when I look at some of the players, I really admire them. I love watching Mark Noble. I love listening to Mark Noble. I think it's sad that he will never have played for England because it mm. will mean so much to him. Mm. He's a local lad, Canning Town just he gives everything you know he's when he goes in you know his shirt is is just covered with sweat because he's given him that I like Rice as well I just think they've got big problems I'm not a huge fan of uh, Pellegrini even though he won the title at Manchester City they need Antonio fit because there is a really intelligent player, obviously athletic. We know all those attributes he's got. He's got the skill as well. He scores goals. He just gives them something extra, which they really need. But I think it's going to be a little bit of a difficult season uh, for them. Stop. stop. Oh. I think we've got to have a round of applause, though. Yeah. Henry. You did well there. You did well. Thank you. You did well. Wow. Off the cuff, you know. No time to prepare. No big you game. Well I'm going to go through them. They're all going to be Crystal Palace, West Ham, Newcastle. There's going to be no Arsenal. Yeah. Great stuff. Right. So we're going to uh, wrap things up um, just finally with some questions. So, you know, as you can imagine, as soon as we sort of tweeted that we'd be uh, coming to, to see you and have this interview, we were inundated yeah. with uh, messages, with DMs and, <laughs> and, and messages left, right and centre. Um, with, but you with, see, with that's why that... social media is so good now, because I will get this. And I think it's quite good. You know, Raheem on a sort of macro level called the media to account. But if I, if I say something stupid... I can't hide behind it anymore <laughs> yeah. because I'll, I will turn on my mentions and I and will get, and I, and yeah. I will get and, and quite rightly. No, look, if I got something factually wrong, then obviously that is, you know, a cardinal sin. You can sort of change it and quite right to be called that. Obviously, a lot of it is just about sort of opinion and subjective. Mm. But uh, no, it's good. It's uh, It just keeps me on my toes. Yeah, absolutely. And we hope that these questions certainly will, will on, keep then. you on Hit your toes me. then, Henry. So, uh, Dej, take us away. Uh, first question. This is Can they be on music? I'm quite good on music. Football, <laughs> if it's quiz questions on football, I really struggle. Everything here so far that I can see is football related. Oh, go on, man. Go on, man. Um, so the first question is from Tapping Tobbs from Tapping Football. He says, who does Henry expect to finish third and fourth? And does he think Leicester should be taken more seriously as an outside title challenger? I live near Leicester. I love Leicester as a club. They're brilliant to deal with. They showed last year the strength of the club when uh, Vishai 
mm. tragically passed away in a helicopter crash. What a family club they are, how strong they are, the strong individuals they've got in the squad, Wes Morgan, Casper Schmeichel. Um, I thought I picked up one of those. Yeah, no, they're, look, they were a good club. They've got a fantastic manager in Brendan Rodgers. The fact, you know, we were talking earlier about how, how the game changes so quickly. The fact is that Brendan Rodgers was being linked with the Arsenal job and then 10 minutes later, he's got a five and a half near year contract. So his agents obviously had a, has been working quickly and, and done well for him. And, that, and that's great. It's great news for Leicester City. I think Leicester City will definitely finish in the top four. I think they've got strength and depth. You look at the defence, they've got defenders that uh, that other clubs, Sorinchu, you know, in particular, mm. uh, cover. Casper Michael, good goalkeeper, two fantastic fullbacks. Mm. Um, Pereira on the right doesn't often get the, the credit, but what a player he is. Fantastic player, good balance midfield. Indeed, he doesn't get the praise yeah, that I think he, 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 yeah. he deserves. Uh, Tielemans as well Pratt I like as well you know he mm. hasn't played so much but intelligent uh, footballer like mm. and then yeah he's a good player really isn't like he yeah, yeah. yeah and then Madison Madison's a really sort of in, in, you know, another intelligent player there's balls, balls he passes through to Vardy and then Vardy for me looks quicker than he was sort of five six years ago mm. so I, I think look, whether it's as good as a team as in um, 2016 I don't think so, but in terms of actually an attractive technical team, I think it's far it's it's more watchable than the team that won the title. But look, it's more competitive now. I think it'll be you know, Liverpool top, Manchester City second. I can see Leicester finishing third or fourth. And then it's it's an absolute dogfight to get into that final <laughs> yeah. Champions League position. So do you think Chelsea will be dragged into it? I think Chelsea, well, Chelsea under Frank Lampard, they've shown that with the with, with the players they've got. I think if they, I hope they don't, you know, upset the balance that they've got at the moment by going mm, crazy yeah. in the transfer window. <clears throat> you know, like lottery winners and gorging themselves on chocolate, and, <laughs> you know, and, and then and then throwing up. You know, I just hope they sort of, you know, maybe look, maybe they'll push for Zaha, maybe one other player, and to, just to sort of strengthen. Yeah, yeah left back, arguably, arguably well, the need. So yeah, I mean, Christensen looks so slightly yeah. too so short, but I, I I like him as a centre back. Tomorrow and Zuma, I think, are, t- are terrific as well. Rudiger, Rudiger coming, coming back from from injury, absolutely. So yeah, I can I can see Chelsea being there, but the Jose factor, you know, don't you know? I mean, I think that's the great thing about you know this this league is it's so competitive to get in that position. So. But I'm sorry for the Arsenal fan around this table. <laughs> I just I, I can't see them making a position that was almost by right under Wenger. Yeah, I mean they're so, relegation form at the moment. To be honest, and yeah, yeah. Really doesn't I like don't think they're going to go down. Of course, of course, <laughs> but the form is in keeping yeah. with the team. But you know what? Relegated. Sport should be like that. Sport is a meritocracy, and if you're if you're not showing the right character, if you haven't got the right players, you haven't got the right manager and you are threatened by relegation, then quite right. And I hope that Stan Kroenke actually wakes up and sees what's going on at the mm. club, stops the drift, actually gets a firm hand on the tiller, mm. starts investing in expertise on and off the pitch, mm. and also the right characters. Oh, absolutely. This question, when I, when, I, when we received it, I was like, this is a very, very in- interesting question, and I'm going to ask the question, then I want to quickly add to the question, and then I want to get your view, basically. So the question is from I am Mr. Lex. And... The question is, are journalists missing a trick by not engaging and supporting fan media such as AFTV, Full Time Devils, West Ham Fan TV? What I want to add to that question is that from the outside looking in, I feel that a lot of clubs and a lot of journalists are trying to blame fan television for the 
turmoil at the club. Mm-hmm. For example, really? Simon, Jor- Simon Jordan was on TalkSport and he was saying AFTV are the reason oh, why Arsenal okay. are fading so, because so, it's all about yeah, negative so fans. That's one, that's one pundit on one radio station. Mm. I don't think you can say the sort of media is like that. I think the media actually follow a lot of the stuff that's said and listen to it mm. because... <laughs> You know, if, they're the, if, if, if those TV stations are the first port of call for fans coming out of a stadium and they're angry about something, then obviously you, you're, you're going to listen to that. But uh, I don't think we use it necessarily as a stick to beat the club with. And also, if you look at and listen to a lot of the stuff that they say, mm. there's no way legally we could say some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we are a little bit more, we are sort of hampered, you could say, or we're sort of slightly more sort of editorially straightened. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think it's I think it's fantastic the fans TVs things mm. I think it's brilliant should absolutely should be a voice of the fans it's, it's like blogs it's like what so, you guys mm, do mm-hmm. so what do you feel about like players building relationships with the fan televisions yeah we've seen you know just the butchers that point as well you've seen the Bamiyan yeah, you know uh, form an association with troops let's say for AFC TV and apparently the club weren't too happy about that and he actually issued a, a comment on his Instagram saying you know I can do what I want yeah. I can associate myself with I think who he I can want. associate who he with who he wants but then he's also got to be wary mm-hmm. if they come mm-hmm. out and start slaughtering his teammates mm-hmm. Then he's he's captain of the club. Mm. He's got to be, uh, you know, he's 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 got to respond to that. So, look, it's something that goes on a lot in Italy, where certain players have relationships with the with the ultras. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying that troops is ultras, but, <laughs> um, but absolutely. And I, you know, I think on a general point, Aubameyang is absolutely. You know, footballers shouldn't just be seen and not heard. This is yeah. not the Victorian age. We were talking <laughs> earlier about the sort of, you know, that's is, this is a particularly sort of enlightened, enfranchised generation of footballers, and I think it's great because they've been put in a box too long. I want to hear what they've got to say. I want to hear their views on politics, on music, on quick fire rounds on on, the, on clubs. I want to hear all that. I just, you know, they are people. I think if anything we've learned um, over the last 18 months with England and Gareth Southgate and Raheem Sterling's taught us is that, you know, footballers are flesh and blood. And I want to know more about that. I want to know about Aubameyang, what he thinks about politics, mm. what he thinks about... Know, Brexit, although you know, it doesn't necessarily affect him so much, but it's yeah, absolutely. So he look, he can mix with who he wants, but he's got to be mindful about how that affects his relationship mm-hmm. with one or two of his mm-hmm. teammates. And even the fans as well, they spend you know thousands, hundreds traveling, following yeah. their club. So mm-hmm. if you're a customer, you're free to give your view to whoever you want. Yeah, I mean, I hate the word customer. You know, they're still they're yeah. still fans, but I, I know <laughs> yeah. what you mean. Yeah, I know yeah, what you yeah, mean. Yeah. And and, yeah. and some clubs do look at them and that. You know, they are fans and. You know, Arsenal's away support is absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I was there at Carrow Road the other day, and they they were they were t- terrific then, even though the team was was underperforming. I think the away supports in this country are just. I mean, Manchester United for me have got the best away support. You okay. know, they are just they are there. You know, they've seen the highs and they're experiencing some of the lows, and they are still absolutely rock solid that is for me is, is is proper support but absolutely look if players want to build up relationships they can but just be mindful of the negative side yeah mm. um final question this um came from a number of people henry who do you sport <laughs> you normally get that so this one's from crazy dumo um apologies mm. if i've pronounced that wrong but the question mm-hmm. is how exactly was ronaldo the first third best player in the world this season for the Ballon d'Or vote okay 
So I voted Virgil van Dijk, one, Messi, two, Ronaldo, three, Sterling, four, Alisson, five. Um, so I normally take about 48 hours off when the, the voting slips come through from France football. There's one journalist, I think it's about 175 countries. Uh, and it's, it's not something you do lightly. It's not something you just sort of throw out on sort of Instagram with a couple of pictures. There's a lot of thought that goes through this. There's a criteria. There's, there are three main criteria. Um, and you go through all those and you look at them. And for me, it was a no-brainer to have Messi and Ronaldo, two of the greatest five players of all time, who have just set the bar higher and higher. I think they've got, what, now 11 ballon doors mm -hmm. between them though they had to be in the top three i mean that was just for me a fairly straightforward starting place because of their absolute brilliance uh, a lot of people would have had them one and two a lot of people had messi one i had van dyke one um and i had van dyke one because despite the unbelievable numbers that ronaldo um, obviously had the Nations League achievement as well as his work at Juventus and Messi with his unbelievable performances for Barcelona goal after goal the way he plays I mean we live in the age of Messi we live in the age of Ronaldo we have to accept that and acknowledge that whatever you might think of I know people have split down the middle you're either team Messi or team Ronaldo <laughs> I'm supposedly a neutral and I've got to take a sort of slightly broader view and part of the broader view is to accept that someone might come into the season and just have the year of his life and I think Van Dijk did that this year we saw that in the Champions League some of the performances that he gave particularly against Messi and the uh, at Anfield and like Luka Modric's last year with uh, with Croatia and with Real Madrid so look we live in the age of Messi and Ronaldo they're always going to be in the top three I imagine they were with 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 most I haven't looked at all the other judges results but you've I mean some people I think voted Ronaldo as number one I thought he was number three and then I had to, you know um, Sterling Sadio Mane had a very good case you know I looked at him as well I wanted to vote for, uh, for, for for Raheem Sterling because I think Manchester City deserves some acknowledgement with, with mm. what they achieved. I mean, fantastic dom domestically with what they did. Uh, Raheem Sterling also with England. He's been an amazing form for England. Mm -hmm. I also want to acknowledge what Raheem Sterling had done off the pitch yeah. as well, mm -hmm. yeah. which is mm -hmm. actually, if you look at the criterion, it's part of the criterion. Uh, and then Alisson, you know, you looked at what he did in the Copper, you looked at what he did in the Champions League, some of his saves. I think he had to be in there as well. So um, Ronaldo had to be in there. He, and I couldn't put him higher than third because he had to have Messi and Van Dijk in there. And I wasn't going to have him out of the top three because of his unbelievable ability. I mean, this, he is an, a phenomenon. Mm. And, and what we didn't know as well is that one of the criteria is history as well. Because mm. people are saying, oh, Ronaldo, he didn't have a great season. Juventus yeah. always win the league. So it's quite what far do down. Co yeah. You know, co so co what career achievement. Well, the, the first achievement is individual achievements uh, and contribution to team achievements mm -hmm. um, for club and for, for, for international teams. And then the third criterion is the, uh, as, as you say, sort of career record to date. I think the middle one, the criterion is actually, you know, sportsmanship and skill okay. and like that. So look, it's, they're, they're all tied in uh, together. Um, I think the third criterion is, is, is slightly less. You don't really think about it because it's very much, I mean, I think some people probably vote in a two month period, which okay. is Champions League, Premier League, the climax of yeah. the European seasons, and then the international um, summer competitions as well. Um, I think if, I think Sadio Mane, in another year would have 
probably finished higher up than he did. What did he finish fourth? Was he? You know, I think he could probably yeah. finished uh, higher up. Um, I think maybe the Afcon isn't given as enough mm. credit possibly as it it deserves. Yeah, Cheku Kiate came out and said that yeah. the only reason why he wasn't ranked higher is because he's African. Lionel Messi came out and said that Sadio Mane should have been yeah. in the top yeah. three as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you got Mares as well, yeah. who, who, who did yeah. phenomenally with yeah. uh, with Algeria in the yeah. Afcon. But then you look at the voting over here for our individual awards. I think Mares got player of the year yeah for that so yeah, fantastic yeah. season yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, there's no real conspiracy here I mean the, you know the journalists don't get together and, <laughs> yeah, uh, who, 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 who are we, we going to vote for um, but yeah look Ronaldo he's I mean he's a phenomenon mm, his body you of know, work is incredible mm. you know I mean five greatest players of all time you're going to have Pelé and Maradona in there you're going to have Messi and Ronaldo in there so that is just I don't know. I mean, you can then have a huge argument mm. about the fifth if you really want to blow the fuse on Twitter. <laughs> who's, who's, the, who's, who's the fifth best player of all time? R9. Wow. Ronaldo. Do you know what? That's an interesting that. one that yeah, we yeah, might yeah. have to put out as, as we'll a poll. Here for another perhaps. two hours. Yeah. But, you know, but, but I can guarantee you'll get some people say, well, Maradona. I mean, for me, Messi, I mean, Messi's unbelievable. But what Maradona did. And, you know, I cover part of Maradona's career. The kicking he got, some of the pitches he played mm-hmm. on, the, the quality of his teammates certainly weren't, didn't rank with the quality of people that Messi had around mm-hmm. him. Um, so, look, Maradona. Maradona just, was just a genius. Pele obviously has to be in there, three World Cups. Um, the fifth one is, as they say, up for grabs now. So that'll be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you ever have me back on your podcast, let's start of off with that yeah, one. Of course, yeah, 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 part two. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Part two. Yeah. We'll do a Netflix series. <laughs> the way your guys' careers going, you'll be all over Netflix. One of those Amazon documentaries. <laughs> yeah, 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 hundred percent, hundred percent. So unfortunately. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have to call it uh, a day it's been there. A pleasure. It's been an absolute oh, pleasure. I loved it, Henry. I loved yeah. it. And, it's, and it's I mean that. You, you, you know, Henry. thank you thank for you. ambushing me the other night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad David Ornstein <laughs> got away. We had to take <laughs> a firm, aggressive it. approach. But, you know, on a serious level, you, you guys are the future. The technology that you're doing with, with podcasts, you know, and just keep at it because, as I say, you are the future. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thank you you very much. Listeners, we hope you uh, have enjoyed uh, the content on on this episode. As always, continue to help us to grow the platform by sharing the content uh, amongst your friends, uh, uh, family, work colleagues, all the rest of it. Get an email thread going. uh, Get a group chat (laughs) going. Broadcast list. Broadcast list and all of that. Um, you know, as we always like to say, you know, we don't discriminate by platform. So you can con- you can uh, consume our content across uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. If you are listening uh, on Apple Podcasts, make sure you also leave a five star review. You know, as we always like to say, it does help in terms of the growth of the platform. Um, if there are any views that you'd like to share with us um, on, on Twitter, please make sure you use the uh, hashtag TBGpod. Uh, we just wanted to apologize also for the listeners who whose questions we didn't get to cover. Um, unfortunately, because of time, of course, we couldn't do, do all of them. Um, but we do thank you for sending them in. Um, do we want to go around and, 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 and share our individual um uh, uh, Twitter handles yeah, I'll start yeah. off yeah. Okay. Um, Dej underscore TBG okay. I'm um, LFC Nino and Henry we're celebrating Liverpool's title win from now <laughs> 30 <laughs> years of pain and agony there's going to be some party that happens <laughs> yeah, yeah. so do you think that. it's over finally do you think it's over I don't think I don't think 
it's ever over and that's the joy of English football but mm. if you were Liverpool fans you would you would they must be sitting on their hands now just with excitement because it, it does look like it's, it's going to happen it's and imminent. it should do because of the you know Klopp is brilliant and last year's title race was fantastic you've got flying fullbacks you've got Wijnaldum you know we haven't really talked about Wijnaldum what, what a player a, yeah. what a player he is for being unfortunately is is injured you've got fantastic striker Sadio Mane as we know um, Salah and Firmino as well, mm. you know, and you've got strength on the on on the on the bench, mm. but you just go to Liverpool now and you just sense mm. a club and a team on a mission. Henry, mm. final question: Are Liverpool oh. the media, darling? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard Tottenham are the media, darlings. <laughs> Arsenal are the media, darlings. Tranmere Rovers are the media, darlings. <laughs> Crystal Palace. I've, I've I've heard everything. I would say, I mean, there are a few. Uh, journalists, well-known journalists who support West Ham, but I don't think if you read their writing, you would think you know okay. you're often most critical of the people you love most. Yeah. So Henry, mm. who do you support, by the way? England. <laughs> <laughs> great, great answer. Forever the politician. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I forgot to do mine. Um, I'm mm. at Budge Laguna. Um, I guess all of you are probably really following uh, mm. Henry, to be honest. Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, looking over it. at Dot. All good. All, All good. good. Thanks for, yeah, just thanks for inviting me, guys. I hope you had a good day here at the Times. Yeah, we've enjoyed we it. You know, the canteen great. was great. The environment's great. <laughs> Lovely ambience in this yeah. And when community. you're running Broadcast World, just think of me and give me the occasional <laughs> shift. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Thank you very much uh, again to all of you listeners. Until the next episode, over and out. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.